It's been a year and a half here, and I think probably about six months into it, I was on the treadmill in the uh, Senate gym, and Roy Blunt came next to me, and he said, Tom, how would you compare the, uh, the House uh, down in North Carolina to the Senate? I said, a lot like I would compare a microwave and a crockpot. <laughs> Things move very slowly here. <laughs> but I think you could argue that if you cook something slowly, it tastes a little bit better, uh, but it takes a lot longer before you get an opportunity to eat. Um, We've done good work here. I think Mitch McConnell has done good work here. Um, one of the things that uh, is, a, is a point of frustration is that we're not moving as quickly as we should on things that are really meaningful to getting the economy back on track. Regulatory reform in a very meaningful way, like we did in North Carolina. Uh, I'm not reliving my time as speaker. I enjoyed it, but I was prepared, I was planning on moving on, wasn't planning on running for the Senate, made an impact and was moving on. <clears throat> but I think we can learn a lot for this nation from the remarkable turnaround in North Carolina over four short years. Meaningful regulatory reform, meaningful tax reform, uh, providing businesses with certainty, uh, fiscal management, uh, removing all debt, our deficits, that, that uh, structural deficits that we had in the state are things that we can really do here. I mean, North Carolina in four short years went from lower quartile as an economic performer to the fastest growing economy in the United States. Uh, by independent analysts, that was just announced about two or three months ago. Um, the problem is, is we've got a math problem here. And it's one thing that I think frustrates people on our side of the aisle. You, uh, you need minimally 60 and uh, generally 67 votes for anything meaningful along the lines of what we did in North Carolina. We have a president that refuses to cooperate with us, and we have an electorate that doesn't understand some of the challenges that we have in the Senate. And that the things that we have done, in some respects, are remarkable given the rules that we have to operate under. I think that the rules, for the most part, are appropriate, but there are some things that I would like to see done differently in the Senate so that we can get closer to a decision, move on to the next issue if we're not able to uh, move any particular piece of legislation. I was on a committee that took a look at the uh, kind of rules changes uh, that uh, myself, Corey Gardner, James Lankford, Roy Blunt, Lamar Alexander, uh, tried to take a look at the rules and say, what can we do to th make things more efficient? Uh, we made a few recommendations, but what, we, what I concluded was that the rules that are already on the books are probably sufficient. The question is, are we going to change our behavior, use the rules that are on the books, and uh, do a better job of uh, forcing a vote, even a tough vote, and moving on? And that's the last thing I'll talk about before I go to questions. I have not had a tough vote yet. Uh, there was a Last year, there was a particular vote where I had one of the senior members of the conference come up to me and said, I really appreciate you taking that vote. I know, he said, I know it was tough. I said, it wasn't tough. I don't want you to think it was tough um, because we've got to run the government. We've got to, we've got to fund the government. We've got to make sure that we have a, a capability to take on debt, even though the debt is out of control. You can't shut down the government. You have to provide some sort of economic certainty because of the 8,000-pound gorilla that we are in the, the global economy. So a lot of these votes, they may appear tough, but they're not really tough. So, Mr. Senior Person in our conference, when I tell you it's a tough vote, you'll know. 
Um, and there will be instances probably where I, I may not be able to support what some number of members think that we need to do, but not yet. I think that we've had to make the difficult decision on funding the government. Anyone who thinks that shutting down the government is a good idea um, doesn't understand the fragile nature of the global economic economy today. Uh, and I'm not willing to play those sorts of games. I want to fix the debt. I want to get rid of, of deficits. Uh, but we have to do it on terms that are not creating an economic calamity. That's what I want to do. Uh, I told the press, my goal is to become one of the most intensely boring members of the USO. <laughs> that the press doesn't even want to talk to me because all I want to talk about are the structural problems that are preventing this economy from getting to a three plus percent GDP growth. I want to talk about lean processes in the Department of Defense. I want to talk about a lean uh, Department of Education that only checks for warning signs in the states where they may need to intervene versus being so controlling over uh, state and local education units. I want to work on those internals to get that foundation to a point where our economy grows and our government is as lean as it can possibly be to provide the essential role that it should be providing. And it's far too expansive right now. Um, and I think that we can do it. I think this election, um, we've got a lot of work to do. And when we get to Q&A, I'll be happy to talk about all that, but now we need to make sure that we just stay focused on these operational things that we tend to, to talk about, but then chase the shiny objects and never really get down to the reform measures that make a long-term sustainable difference. And for as long as I'm in the U.S. Senate, which will at least be another three and a half years, four years, is that right? Four years, yeah. Four and a half years, I'm going to do everything I can to be a part of that. And. Uh, with that, I'm happy to answer any questions. Okay, great. Senator, since you were so instructive in tax reform in North Carolina, yeah. and you want to focus on the things that aren't necessarily those shiny objects, one of the tough things we need to do, I think, certainly to try to get the economy going, is tax reform here for the U.S. Our code is super uncompetitive, uh, makes companies like Honeywell and lots of others that operate all around the world at a huge disadvantage, but also domestically it's a mess. So what are your thoughts on when that can happen? Obviously, this is an election year. What are your thoughts on the future of that? Well, for me, t tax reform uh, only makes sense if it, if it, for, it, 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 tax reform has to do at least one, and ideally two things. One is it needs to provide some sort of certainty so that you can predict what your out year obligations are going to be. The other one is that we reduce the tax burden. So not only provide the certainty, which by itself is helpful, but then reduce the tax burden. The, the first one, I think we can start doing now. The second one, we can't do until we have a credible strategy for reducing the debt. Um, and so there's a side of me that says, you know, work on the things where you're not worrying from, and, and we did some of this by providing certainty by making permanent some of the tax provisions at the end of last year, which incidentally was a pretty significant thing. Um, but in order to, to reduce the tax burden, we've got to get the economy moving. And I don't think that it will be done largely through tax reform that reduces the tax burden because we simply don't have the money to return right now. now Regulatory reform was our focus in North Carolina for the first two years. I made 
the decision, the tax reform, we, we had a two and a half billion dollar structural deficit in the state. There was no way, and we were gonna we were going to cut or allow to sunset a one cent sales tax, which is one point. The reason we had the structural uh, deficit, I should say, is that there was a tax that the Democrats had implemented that was due to, to a sunset on June 30th. And there was no way that I was gonna allow it to be extended. So that created another $1.2 billion hole every since uh, a lot of money in North Carolina. Created about another $1.2 billion hole in our budget. So what we did is focus on regulatory reform and increasing certainty. We did things like extending the permits. It was, you know, we were in the middle or following the 2008 crisis, real estate development had crashed. People had spent a lot of money on getting permits so that they could build buildings or strip malls or you know any sort of commercial enterprise. They were set to expire. So we just created a bake a blanket policy of extending those permits because the world had not changed. It didn't make sense because the economy crashed that they would have to go through that process again. We uh, put a sunset on several regulations. We actually required a consultation with the something we should be doing up here, a, uh, any net new regulations requiring a consultation with the legislature and a, a cost-benefit analysis. That started creating economic activity. That then, in the second year, allowed us to do tax reform. Take our top income bracket, which was 775, it's now 5.49. Corporate tax was 6.9, it's now four, I think about to be three, based on triggers that we set up on uh, revenue streams for baseline operations. But that happened after we got economic activity. So for me, it's how do we get the economic environment right so that the revenue moves up. Um, and I think that it was Mike Enzi who was talking about for every 1% of GDP growth, we get about, uh, 400 billion, I think that that's right, roughly 400 billion in revenue. So 3% GDP growth gives us a trillion dollars, and that's some walking around money. That at least gets us to a point to where we can start taking a look at funding some tax reform that provide additional economic stimulus and hopefully grow the economy more. I think that's how we have to go about doing it. Problem is, those will be tough votes, and they're votes that I've made before and I'm perfectly willing to make again. The other thing that we have to do is potentially fund tax reform through opening up entitlements, fixing entitlements, and bending the curve on spending on entitlements. You can't restructure your way out of an 18 or 19 trillion dollar debt by only dealing with 20% of the, uh, the spending. And we have to have people that are courageous enough to do it. And I for one think that if you do it, there is time for people to see the benefit and for you to be able to deal with the interim politics of, uh, of that sort of uh, tough vote. Did it? I mean, heck, we, you're, you're talking to a U.S. senator that beat a female incumbent after being the only speaker in the United States who didn't allow long-term unemployment benefits to be extended. And there's more. We cut it, the benefit, by 25%. And everybody said that we were awful. The only thing that happened is we had a precipitous drop in unemployment, 10.4% to 6.4% in five quarters, and uh, people got back to work. Oh, and we retired $3 billion debt to the federal government in 30 months. So we had time and we, we recovered. So I'm a living example where you can make those tough votes, those structural votes, and still survive.